setting goals was what was the driving force for me to become a saver. Um, when I was, I think, 16, 17, I had to work towards getting a car because my parents were not going to buy me a car. And that was kind of the stepping stone for me to learn that savings really is a tool to help you get the things that you need or desire in life. Welcome to this episode of Getting Money Right with your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo. And in this episode, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We're going to interview some folks who have been getting money right. And so we're going to be interviewing folks from time to time on the show. And in this episode, we've got an incredible newlywed couple here to discuss their journey in combining their finances and some of the benefits and challenges in doing so. So Leo, would you like to introduce us to this couple? It would be my pleasure. So with us is Rachel and Rudy Rupert. For those of you who may not know, this is my oldest daughter, Rachel, and my son-in-law, Rudy, that are with us. They got married a little while ago, and we're going to talk a little bit about their journey in combining their finances. As we've talked on this podcast before about how important it is that couples do uh, join their finances, we thought it'd be a good idea to interview them and just walk with them a little bit in this journey that they've taken in combining the finances and learn some of the challenges and maybe some of the triumphs, hopefully, that they've had and just learn from them. So, guys, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. Well, we're going to start out with just some very basic uh, questions. Let's start with just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, what do you do? How long have you been married? And maybe something significant that's going on in your life in this season. Well, we got married in September of 2016, so it's been about a year and a half, maybe a little bit more, that we've been married. I work at Gateway uh, at the NRH campus. Rudy also works at Gateway. I work at the Southlake campus. I work in the elementary department. I just oversee that and hang out with all those kids upstairs. And then uh, right now in life, we're about to have a baby in at the end of summer in August, a baby girl. Awesome. That is absolutely incredible. So you guys have been married for a year and a half. Uh, I love that right now you're both fully employed. And so uh, you guys have a great income coming in. Tell us about some of the biggest adjustments that you've had to face getting married, combining those finances, and uh, I mean, yeah, a year and a half in and a child on the way. Any, any adjustments in blending those finances? For me, growing up, I never had a budget or never looked at a budget before. I never even really looked at what I was spending online. It was just kind of, I looked at the big number in my checking account. And if that big number was was good, then I thought I was doing good. And so when I met Rachel and heard about what she was doing in her budget and what kind of her life story was with that. That really was a big reality check for me and what how I was handling my finances. So when we came together and we were dating and getting married and looking at that together, that was a huge adjustment for me, just even looking at what I was spending monthly. And that first reality check of how much I spent on food for a month was a huge adjustment for me and what I had to make. Yeah, I think um, for both of us, the transition that we had to make was learning that we were no longer doing finances just for ourselves and our money wasn't just ours to spend however we wanted to. So that was kind of the biggest transition for us. Definitely 
the challenges was um, learning some of the things that we would have to pay for that we never had to pay for as, you know, being independent, being living with your parents. I was living with my parents until I got married. We didn't really have a good perspective of what it would be like to pay bills and to have to blend um, our just our personal expenses of who's going to go out to eat and how much are we going to spend for that. So um, learning the big picture of, of what the money would be, how much we were going to have to spend each month. That was one of the biggest challenges. And especially with Rudy's background of not having ever looked at a budget, it definitely took some time to come to the middle and meet each other halfway. That's good. So tell me about, um, if you remember back when you first started blending your finances together, what was the the one event that you felt like we're going to be able to do this, like you, you did something, you, you had one moment or one conversation or something that said, all right, this is doable. It's going to be challenging, but it's doable. That gave you the hope to continue to communicate and continue to move forward. Um, I think just sitting down and talking about what we we're spending and looking at the picture um, of live updating of what our expenses were, um, that kind of gave us the momentum we needed because we had some live experience um and then seeing that you know our our budget wasn't out of it wasn't unrealistic for us to to do what we're doing to live on our own to to be married and to have our jobs you know everything we could do it we just had to figure out how the numbers were going to fit yeah for me it was hard to see the bigger picture of what saving would look like um in the long run cuz yeah, I, it took me a long time to see that. And I think when we saw after about two or three months of what we were we put in place and what we put in our budget and how much we were saving, I was just astounded at how much we were actually able to save. I thought we wouldn't be able to save hardly anything because I thought you just needed a lot more money to actually save, but that was definitely wrong. Yeah, before we got married, Rudy kind of had this... Um idea that you would have to have a big amount of money to save and um and there was also this fear of if we don't have you know over this amount then it's not safe it's not our safe zone and just getting to the point where we we knew what our expenses were we knew what we wanted to save and being comfortable with knowing we're not going to have you know this big number in our our checking account we're going to move it over to our savings and it's going to be okay we're not going <laughs> to we know what we are going to spend our money on it's not going to disappear from us so kind of eliminating the fear i think helped us um just get more balanced. Yeah, what I'm hearing is that just the tracking and writing it down and seeing those numbers combined for the first time started to create a lot more comfort and security uh, and the communication process of tracking. And okay, you're writing down these expenses, I'm writing down these expenses, and together we can see we're going to make it. So I remember when I first got married and I had uh, just a ton of fear around the idea of am I mature enough? Am I adult enough? Am I ready? to to be potentially a provider in the family. Um, and I had this idea in my mind that I was the provider and that, you know, it's all on me. So Rudy, this is kind of directed a little bit at you. How was it dealing with some of those fears? I don't know if you had the same fears I did, but I remember legitimately feeling like, I hope I'm ready and I hope I can provide enough. And my response was to initially push Ashley and I to underspend 
because I was afraid we weren't going to have enough. And so that's how I dealt with the fear is I pushed us to underspend because I was like, well, I know I'm bringing in enough this month, but what if next month we don't have enough? So I'm going to force us to underspend even in the good months because I was afraid for the future months. So have you had to deal with any of that? That was a personal struggle and I've overcome that. But have you had to deal with any of that? I guess what I dealt with, I didn't so much have a lot of fear um, if I was going to provide, but I was just trying to understand how to budget and how to how to deal with you know Rachel here um knowing so much about the budget and she had so much knowledge about it I wanted to look good in front of her I wanted to be able to understand everything that she was laying in front of me so that was kind of my fear was that she wouldn't see me as someone who could handle money or who could save it or understand it at all so and she had the full-time job in the relationship so I wasn't bringing in that much money so I was also kind of like a little fear too. I she's bringing her the money. She's uh, understanding it. She's knowing where to put it. So I wanted to be able to do that as well. I can understand the uh, you know as a man. I think David just said it that we have different fears, and sometimes it is uh, the ability to, and it is I think a, a male uh, view that we are to a degree, and this is true. We are the provider of our family, and ultimately it's our desire to do so. I think it's instinctive that we take care of our family and certainly provide for our, our wife and our children as, as we have children. And so that's a that's a realistic fear. It's one I battled and certainly one that I, I actually did the opposite of not un- underspending. I didn't necessarily control the spending early on. I just went and got an extra job and then an extra job and an extra job um, so that there would always be enough money. And that made me to overcommit to work. So we find ways to cope with these things, but uh, it's important that we wrestle with it. So I'm glad that that you you not only wrestled with it, but you obviously communicated with Rachel mm-hmm. and and got on the same page and learned how to balance that out. And uh, so I'm, I'm really proud of you guys for what you've done so far in your finances. You have been very good savers, and you've made that commitment to save. So good for you. Uh, that's, that's a great, great achievement so early in your marriage. So I just want to commend you for that. When you guys think about the way you manage money, obviously you both were raised in different homes. You're, you're different, one because one's a woman, one's a man. Uh, there's big differences there, but also in just your temperament, your personalities, there's differences. So when you think about how you spend money, uh, how would you define yourself? Would you say you're a saver or a spender? When you, when you think about money, how do you process through making decisions based on your personality? Well, I think for me, I've always been more geared towards savings after kind of learning the realities of keeping a budget. Um, it didn't start that way. I definitely wrestled with wanting to spend as much as I had, but just setting goals was what was the driving force for me to become a saver. Um, when I was, I think, 16, 17, I had to work towards getting a car because my parents were not going to buy me a car. And that was kind of the stepping stone for me to learn that savings really is a tool to help you get the things that you need or desire in life. So I'm definitely more of a saver. Rudy. Yeah, growing up, I would see myself as a saver. When my parents would give me money, I would just hold on to it until they would give me money again and just keep bringing my money piled up that way. But then I think when I got my first job and seeing more money even come in, that kind of all went out the window. Um, I would just spend on whatever I could because I didn't think about anything in the future. It was just more like instant gratification. But then when I got a little older, I wanted to save, but putting that into practice was just really hard for me. I didn't have the tools or the or the um, the way to to put that 
practically into place. So I, I wanted to save, but it I just thought I couldn't ever save unless I had more money or unless I had more jobs or anything of that nature. So I just thought it wasn't possible. So how did you guys overcome this this mindset of, Rudy, you, you didn't see it possible for you guys to save. You thought you needed more money in order to save adequately. And Rachel, you already had that experience of saving for your first car and knowing that steady progress gets you there. How did you guys communicate to get on the same page? Was there some struggle with that or how did you how did you come about that? The reason I'm asking this question is I like you to talk to our audience and help them. There are couples out there that have been married maybe a year, maybe more, many more years, who really struggle talking about money because it could be a very volatile topic. Um, couples are different in their makeup, just like you guys, and they have different ways of looking at money. So what I'd like you to do is just give them some thoughts of how you process through it. Maybe it'll help them to also sit down and have that conversation and help them come together in this issue. Um, well, I think for us, when we got married and we started tracking our expenses together, I had come with the mentality of savings is not optional. Savings is part of the budget. It's just a priority and it's going to happen. And so adding that to Rudy's mentality of it'll be there at the end of the month or it, you know, if we have money, we will save, you know, hit or miss if there's enough wiggle room in there. We just kind of we, we definitely wrestled with it. I don't think that right away it was um, an immediate priority. I think I had to kind of continue saying, you know, we need to keep saving money. We need to we need to make that a priority. We can't save it until the end because like, other expenses are always going to come up. You'll always find a way to, to spend the money if it's in your checking account. And really the best way is to eliminate that temptation by moving that money over as soon as you can. Um, and so when we started doing that, um, Rudy was, I think, and you can speak into this if you have any thoughts, but um, I think Rudy was initially shocked at how much I wanted to save because he had saved just on such small scales when, you know, as he was independent on his own before we got married. And so just seeing what it looks like to put that money away and to still survive and to still have our budget in order. I think that was a big peace of mind for him. And he started to see our savings account go up and up and up. And he, I think it kind of switched his perspective around that. This isn't a bad thing and, and the money's there. It's just there in a different way. And also there's interest being added to the money that you put into your savings account. So I love that, uh, just that learning and bonding experience of, okay, I'm coming in with a little bit of a, a saver mentality and I'm coming in with a little bit more of a, let's live on what we make and I'll save a little bit, but but stretching that savings goal kind of to a, an order of magnitude that's that's new to say, I've, I've never thought about, maybe I've thought about saving $50, but I've never thought about saving $500. You know, just there's this, it's a big difference. And, and so what are some of the practical things? Uh, one of the things that you mentioned, Rachel, was that you, when the money's in the checking account, you at a certain time of the month, just move it over into savings and you purposely get it out of checking because then it becomes no longer spendable money that you take more ownership of it. And it's actually a, a kind of a psychological thing in our minds that once you take ownership of something, it's harder for you to spend it. Once in the checking account, it was more fluid. So Rudy, what are some of the practical things that you guys did hands-on that began to create the conversations and make you feel more comfortable and make the whole make the whole blending of finances more fun? Um, I think what we initially did when we merged our accounts together, we started talking more about money, was set goals in our minds. We would set 
what we actually wanted to do with our money, what we wanted to do with the savings that we had. We were just putting in there just to see a nice number. We wanted it for a reason. We wanted to to travel. We wanted to ha- have a house. We wanted to do those kinds of things. So once we sat down and looked at what we actually wanted to do and what I wanted to do as well, I wanted to travel. I wanted a house. So those things for me was, were as a, a big, like something that pushed me to save. And I love seeing that number because I love seeing numbers increase in my bank account. I think everyone does. So seeing that increase in my savings account was just as as good as seeing it in my checking account. I just liked seeing that grow. Yeah, I think he hit a key point there with setting goals. One thing that we really try to do is continue to sit down with each other and just realign towards what those goals are. But, you know, we were talking and and one of the things that we do is the financial goals that we have, it's not one person over the other or what one person thinks is best because it makes the most financial sense. We really strive to make our finances something enjoyable for both of us. So for me, that's more I want to save so that we can buy a home that we love. And for Rudy, he really wants to travel. So that's one of our top priorities too, is that we have a vacation fund that we're constantly putting money into so that he can live out his dreams through our finances. And because of that, it makes him a lot more willing and excited about sticking to our budget. That's wonderful. I love the fact that you guys talked about it. And because you have different priority as his goals. Like Rudy, you said that you love to travel. And so if you're going to save, it's got to, it's got to turn into a vacation at some point rather than just this number growing. And that's a very, very important thing, folks, that I want you to take away from this brief conversation here is that when savings is very specific, when you're putting an actual item in front of you or a vacation or a home uh, down payment or anything, savings for the sake of savings will not be effective. You have to have very specific target that you're focusing on, whether it's saving for a down payment on a home or your next car, whatever it is. Don't just call it savings. We've talked about this before, David, that it needs to be called a future house fund or a vacation fund or the next car fund, whatever it is, it's important that you name it specifically because that's going to give you that visual of knowing that you're going toward a focus and toward a purpose. And I love the fact that you guys continue to talk about your goals. That is such an important thing. Setting a goal is not just having one conversation and saying, well, we should say for this reason. It's continuing to talk about it. It's dreaming about the day when this thing is going to happen. The other day I was looking at our vacation that's planned in a couple of months and and I was looking at the destination we're going to. My wife and I are going to a, a very nice vacation. And I was looking at that, and I just got so excited yeah. because I thought, man, in two months I'm going to be on the beach, and it's going to be awesome. So I sent my wife a quick text. I took a picture of the the beach that we're going to be on, and I said, one month away. And she, she reminded me it's actually two months away. I was like, oh, bummer. But it's still coming. Mm-hmm. So it was exciting because we've been saving for this, and we're going to do it. And it's something that I think it's important. It's important for both of us. And we made it a priority, and it's going to happen because we made it a priority. So good for you guys for for doing that, for sticking to your goals, but also communicating those goals and making them very specific. So tell me a little bit about how often you guys talk about your finances, your budget. Uh, is that a weekly thing? Is it more sporadic? Kind of how you how do you go about it? Well, I'll say that the goal would be to to talk about it pretty consistently weekly would be best um, and that's kind of when we're doing our best it's a, an ongoing conversation we've had our 
are times where maybe one month I'm more disengaged and he's kind of running it on his own and and then it gets really frustrating and we're not in sync and things are not working the way they should be. So um, the the best thing that we've found is just continuing to kind of touch base weekly, make sure the budget's updated weekly, but then at the end of the month, we'll get more into the where are we in terms of our goals, how are we doing, and um, just looking at the more big picture stuff yeah and what talking about the budget is really important doing it together when you're actually sitting down in front of the computer and doing the budget together it just forces us to talk about what we're doing or what our goals are reminding each other how close we are to what we want and just doing that on a consistent basis because then it just brings it to the forefront of your mind so that what you are saving is going towards something and it's not just gonna disappear somewhere but are you guys operating off of a software or what kind of budget are you using? Um, we're using the YNAB software, but uh, one thing that we really love that we've been incorporating lately um, because we were just having issues with um, the app on the phone for a while, but we finally figured it out and um, it's been great to be able to use it not just on the computer, but on our phone because we've been really keeping each other accountable by looking at our budget almost almost every day, I would say. And we both have our own categories for spending, for free spending, his and her categories. And so we can kind of look at each other and where we're at and make sure that, you know, you have that money and it's free for you, but once it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so um, the software has been great because we've been able to, I've been like uploading my receipts the transactions from my receipts on the spot right after I've I've spent the money so that we can keep our budget super updated. So that's one thing that I've really loved about our budget software lately. Yeah, at first the software was very confusing for me um, because I just budget in general was confusing, but then this software was needed some practice, but Rachel eventually um, showed me how to work it and it's become so easy to do. And especially with the app, I just love looking at it real quick because now that we have our own categories for things, I can just look at it real quick. If I have money, if I don't, then it's just really easy to look at on the go. Yeah. And I think that um, one other thing is with having the app is before we were looking at our checking account and to see where the money was. And now we're able to look at our app with the with YNAB and see the transactions that haven't gone through yet. And it just really helps us stay more accountable to what our budget actually is. So it sounds like you guys have built a plan for the beginning of the month and you know where the money is going to go. And then you use YNAB to help track that and manage it and see, okay, if I budgeted, I'm using random numbers here, but $80 for his spending and $80 for her spending, it's kind of like, hey, I can I can see I have $50 left. I've got $20 left. And when that money's gone, well, maybe I pack a ham sandwich today or whatever the, the situation is. But it changes what you're doing because you're actively managing. That's cool. So are you guys both fully engaged in using the budget now? And if one of you wasn't available to enter something for a week or two because you're out of the country, would the other person be able to manage it, you know, in their absence? How's that going? Yeah, we definitely um, kind of partner off. We switch off on on who's really updating the budget, but both of us take an active part in that. And, um, and then whenever there's times where one of us maybe doesn't put as many of the updates in there as they should that 
the other person, not naming names, will remind <laughs> them to put their stuff in there so that we can keep keep track with what we're spending. Yeah, I've been working on that, and it's <laughs> it's been a, it's been a process, but um, I know how to use it. So just I'm getting to the to the habit of of constantly putting that in because it does make a huge difference. And and he is doing a great job. I I think uh, with anything with budgeting, you have to kind of roll with the punches, and that's part of that is part of budgeting is that everything doesn't go according to plan, and um, sometimes you know you have to kind of reassess where you're at, but um, you know, just patience is key. I think just having the app available and, and just sticking to it has really helped us stay way more focused than we have been. I love the fact that you guys said that you no longer look at the bank account balance to give you that permission to know whether you can or should spend that. The app actually gives you that detail that you need to know exactly how much you have in those particular categories that you're spending in. So if, for instance, Rudy, you're out there spending your free money and you want to go to a movie, you want to get popcorn, whatever, you know exactly what you have. And it gives you that freedom to be able to say, hey, I can do this, I can enjoy it, and I'm not going out of budget. In fact, I'm still going to save the five, $600 I'm saving every month, and this expense is not going to diminish that at all. So I love that. So who is the primary budget person? Like who is, who is really the person that's kind of in charge of it? Have you guys decided that or are you just going to trade off from time to time? At first, it was really Rachel. She knew how to do it, and I knew that. So I kind of let her be in charge, and then I would be along with her whenever she did it just to try to understand how things went and how she did what she knew how to do so well. But now it's really just become a joint process. Me and her have done it together. Once a month, we sit down and we just go through every single, like, expense or every single thing that we did that month and just really assess what's going on if, if it was a good month or if it was a hey we need to do better kind of month but we really just do it together sure some of us may may input more things on a weekly basis or uh, we might trade off in that way but budget wise we we're in this together and we want to make sure that we do this together because that's where it really the joy comes out of budgeting is doing it together because if you have one person overpowering the other person with budget concerns or money tightness, then it really just becomes frustrating for both parties. I do know that uh, with some couples, one person may be more inclined to, they may like the budget better than another. So I'm really excited to hear that both of you have owned this thing together because that's such a benefit. Most of the time, that's not the case. In my experience, I've, I've noticed that one person is more likely to own the budget and it's hard for that person to really get the other person to understand how important it is that they provide the receipts on time and that they give them the information and they don't kind of lag behind. Um, so I'm glad that you guys have found that balance. That's that's really a huge benefit. Um, so proud of you for that. That's, that's great. We're almost out of time, but I do want to ask one other question of you guys, and maybe you can just use this as a way of maybe imparting some wisdom to our new couples that are out there or couples that are just starting budgeting together. What would you say to these couples that are are either managing the finances separate right now and they're thinking i don't know that we could ever do that it sounds really complicated it sounds like it's just an opportunity for fighting how would you encourage them to combine managing their finances as a couple how would you encourage them to do it well i think for us what's worked best is just knowing that it doesn't matter who's making more money or the ownership as a married couple is that we both are in this equally. It's our bank account. And um, I really do think that 
you have to be fair to the other person and and really invite them to dream with you, whoever is the primary budget person. Um, because when you're just managing the money and making the decisions, you're not really inviting them to be part of the dreaming process. And I think that's where we've had the most fun with our budget is because we look at our budget as a whole and where this money can take us if we steward it the right way, that there's so many open doors to us and um, and we can look at timelines of when we want to accomplish things by. And it's just brought us closer together because we're, we're mapping out what we want for our lives. So um, yeah, it can be frustrating and it can be hard to to kind of sometimes you have to set aside your goals like or your not goals but dreams in the sense of I would rather save a bunch of money and you know I want to make a nest egg because that's just in my DNA I guess but um but you have to let go of some of those things and let the other person have a part of dreaming and for us that's we're still saving as much as we can but we're also going to save for what Rudy's dreams are which is to travel So I think just inviting the other person to take ownership as well, it helps you use this money that you have to your to your advantage. Yeah, and I think having grace for each other in this budget area, I mean, sometimes you both may not be very familiar with budgeting or saving, and I sure wasn't. So Rachel had to use a lot of patience with me getting a hold of what saving looked like because it was so embedded into her DNA that I completely had no idea. So her just working with me through that and just taking me step by step, no matter how many times I asked her, how do I budget? No matter how many times I I said, oops, I went over the category or anything. She just stuck with me. She gave me grace. She helped me learn. And it just brought me more and more into that area of where I could save Well, and I also think like reassessing where you're at. We didn't mention this, but every year we've only been married a year and a half. But after a year, we we looked at what we were spending and we just kind of changed it up. If there were some areas that were really frustrating to Rudy where maybe there wasn't enough money to go out and and entertain and have fun with friends, then we made some room for that and we grow according to our needs. We're not going to hold each other to this really rigid budget just based on the principle of it, but just allowing each other to be a little bit more flexible and growing with, with our budget. This is really neat. I'm hearing that for the audience today, Uh, There needs to be a time where you sit down together and you dream and you say, here's where we're going and what are your priorities and what are my priorities and how do we create our priorities? Like, that's so cool to me to say, what do we want to do? And and it travels in my heart. Okay. And and having a home that I love is in my heart. And let's talk about long-term savings. But if I'm just to kind of summarize it all, putting that dream on paper, talking about it, letting both people just be open and free about who they are, and then finding a system that works. I love that you guys were able to find a software or a tool that worked for you. And for free, anybody can go onto leosabo.com and download the budget tool and operate there for free. But why not? Why not download a trial version of YNAB or uh, Every Dollar from Dave Ramsey or Mint.com or, you know, one of these great softwares that's out there and find a tool that works for you. So dream, find a tool, and then find some ways to bring grace into the relationship. You know, this is roll with the punches. I like what Rachel said, roll with the punches. It's never going to be exactly perfect. And, uh, and you've got to put the marriage and the relationship before the money. And so that's really cool to me that you guys have found a way to do that. 
Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Getting Money Right. And if you did, please rate and review and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play so that it's easier for more people to find this show and benefit from it. You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. While you're there, you can follow us. You can uh, give us five stars. You can share around with new friends and help other people find what we're doing. You can find the show notes to this episode and more content and resources at leosabo.com. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep keep getting getting money money right. Budget-wise, we're in this together and we want to make sure that we do this together because that's where really... The joy comes out of budgeting is doing it together because if you have one person overpowering the other person with budget concerns or money tightness then it really just becomes frustrating for both parties. Mm-hmm.